2: Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable free-form discussion about lore and the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, he's our other lore writer over on Blizzard Watch, and he's also Canadian, which is kind of significant because tomorrow is Thanksgiving for you, Matt Rossi? Well, I'm not Canadian. Okay. But
0: I'm a Canadian. I thought you were, technically, or on the way i've not got my citizenship yet i am actually going to work on that at some point but i'm a permanent resident i am from the united states originally uh but yeah tomorrow's thanksgiving up here and uh you know it's i've actually been spending a lot of time between playing assassin's Creed origins and playing wow i've been actually spending a lot of time reading up on halloween and hollow's end and comparing the two and trying to figure out like There's stuff in game that that could, I mean, I'm not saying it has been tied together, but it could tie it together and it would really work well to explain what Hollow's End is and where it came from. So I've been doing that this week.
2: I think one of my favorite columns that I did that I really enjoyed doing was one where I talked about the origins of the Headless Horseman in WoW because it was in the manga series. And I'm like, maybe
0: I should, because that was for the old site. Maybe I should rewrite that for the new site. Maybe. Uh, I know that I went with the... uh, I actually went with the holiday itself and not the Headless Horseman. I went with, you know, where did this come from? What are its origins? How come they're burning wicker people? Where else do we know they burn wicker people? (laughs) What does that have to do with anything? You know, that kind of thing. Because There's a lot of stuff go. The weird thing about humans in World of Warcraft is we only know their history from, like, 2,000 years ago to now. And... We know that in the very distant past, around like before 10,000 years ago, the very cool ancestors who had the Curse of Flesh showed up around here, and their descendants are humans. But we don't know anything between that period of time and then 8,000 years later. Just 8,000 years past, and we know nothing. What were it's humans doing? It's a big doing? blank space, yeah. Okay, yeah, before we get know. too far into this, Joe, I need to
2: yeah. go ahead and introduce our other co-host, <laughs> who's Joe Perez, and I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs>
1: why you are you have, sorry it's okay do, it's do, you a have really anything, interesting
2: do you have anything to say about HollowZen slash halloween uh
1: well i mean i think it's actually really interesting and i like that you know rossi is kind of getting into that type of stuff uh as far as like the correlation between like real world and then in game and then looking at the gaps for that because that's that's something i've always wanted to talk about because i always it always struck me as a little bit weird uh but it also is really cool because this is the time of year that i start watching all of the horror movies like i basically just. That's all I watched in October. And so watching stuff like The Old Wicker Man and and things like that, and then comparing those things to real-world mythology stories and then seeing what was actually pulled over into game is real fun. And also, I've been playing Alliance again. I started leveling a gnome hunter uh, because why not? So I'm getting to experience stuff that I haven't experienced in since pre-Cataclysm. It's interesting. Oh, so
2: you're leveling from, like, level 1
1: Yep, starting from scratch
2: Ooh, okay, well
1: that's going to be fun <laughs> it, it is, because a lot of the stuff I haven't seen And I never I have, I have, never leveled a gnome After they changed the gnome starting experience
2: Well, and you're like, also I, playing a gnome hunter Which didn't exist until recently, so
1: Yeah, so me and my mechanical rabbit Kevin are, are going through and, you know, having a good time
2: Kevin the mechanical rabbit
1: I have this thing where I name all of my pets Hunter pets and battle pets Kevin Don't ask, I, I don't know where it came from
2: See, I just come up with, like, fun names for them or ask my friends which is how moisture came to be anyway um are all
0: greek mythology names which is why you know the second they announced the game that i'm playing on the side i was like i have to play it now yeah good choice yeah Yeah. i'm actually
1: looking forward to picking that up to start playing that as well but Mega Man 11's got my attention aside from wow right now
2: all right so this week we've got a bunch of reader emails that we're going to go into um I know that the 8.1 t- 8. PTR has been up and running. I don't know if you guys have had a, go- have had a chance to look at it. I haven't had a chance to, to look at it yet. And I'm not sure how much of the story element stuff is actually up and available. Ow, I really just snagged my hair hard and that hurt. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was an aside, but that was actually really painful. Um, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to look at the 8.1 PTR. Have you?
0: looked at it pretty heavily okay
2: all right i haven't looked at it yet so we're not going to discuss that just yet because i want to get like all three of us on board so that we can just bounce each other's brains off of each other like we do this is a weird podcast like already anyway so we're going to answer some reader emails this week and then next week we're probably going to go ahead and go into 8.1 because i'm going to have more time to kind of like poke around in there and see what's up and Maybe get upset at things I don't know <laughs> I have no idea what to expect And I don't want to ask you guys So um, let's go ahead and jump right into the emails If you guys do have an email for Lorewatch You can send that to podcast at com. Just be sure you put Lorewatch in the subject line So we know it's intended for this show And not the other podcast Which we also answer questions on But not necessarily lore related Anyway, first question here is from Alude who is a blood elf priest on Malorn, and I think I got their name right because they actually gave me a pronunciation guide. I'm so happy about that. Um, they say, Hello, Watchers. Plenty of bad things happen to good characters in WoW, but I think the one that upsets me the most is what happened to the dragons. When the Aspects used up the bulk of their power to help bring down Deathwing, one of the main side effects was that they're no longer able to have children. Now every dragon that dies or is outright murdered by a Death Knight brings them closer to extinction. What do you think about an expansion where we help the dragons find a way to regain their ability to reproduce with all they've done for us? I'd say we adventurers owe it to them. It would also be a great excuse to get the remaining dragons reunified towards a common goal. Um, there's more to this email, but it's really lengthy and that's pretty much the gist of it right there. So, uh, what do you guys
0: think? I agree. So far as the idea of it being a raw deal, I've never understood that. Like they were a species that lived on Azeroth before the Titan Forge mucked about with them, before the Keepers in Ald'ar decided to change them. They were they were a species, and they you know they weren't as smart or as powerful as they are now, but they were living things, and they had like the proto drakes, yeah, yeah. Like you can if you go read Dawn of the Aspects, you you get to see like Ysera and Alexstrasza and Malagos. All have personalities. Neltharion had a per- Neltharion got the rawest deal, quite frankly. Neltharion was perfectly happy being a drink. He was like, "Yeah, I like me. I like being a guy. I, let's go do stuff." Oh, guess oh I'm going to be, you know, saddled with all the horror in the world. Got gotcha, you, okay. But yeah, I I don't know if we ev- I I have a hard time imagining selling that expansion though. Like, you know, the the, the big thing of this expansion, the big story is we're going to get the dragons to have babies. Why? Do you do you know what I'm saying? Like I it's sort of kind of turning into like farm simulator with dragons or world Pokemon of Warcraft, Go. the
2: bachelor. No, yeah. <laughs> it's... <Wow. laughs> it's like, you know, um,
0: um, uh, huh. I, I don't, I'm not sure what we're doing anymore, guys. I, I feel like we've lost the script for like from the, the old days of, you know, adventuring. And now we're, we're just kind of trying to convince dragons, like, like their giant scaly pandas to have babies. I, I don't, I don't, Know what we're doing
1: anymore, guys? I don't know. Like, it's a concept though that I'm, I'm. I don't want to say intrigued with, but like, I feel like it's one of those threads that we never got resolution on because I never understood why, you know, giving up their powers as aspects then just said, well, we can't can't lay eggs anymore. Sorry, whoops. And that apparently affected all of the Dragonflight members ever. Like, it was it, it was just always weird, and it seemed to me like it wasn't wasn't fully thought out. Yeah, like was... we
0: have dragon fleets that don't have aspects
1: exactly
0: like, like and... the nether flight have have eggs the black and dragons kids.
2: have been having eggs for like forever mm-hmm. because i mean hello how do you think well i mean rathion's a bad example because we technically made him but we made him out of a black dragon egg that existed even though deathwing was like injured in deep home not doing anything
1: Mm -hmm. this is such an awkward subject it it, it (laughs) is but i mean it's one of those things where like i'd like to to explore it not maybe necessarily an entire expansion but maybe have a content release where that is like the plot that ties into something larger whether it's you know in this expansion somehow or later because technically technically would fit here a little bit because if proto dragons existed before the titan watchers and titans kind of messed things up a little bit which means they were a natural construction of azeroth so if we're healing azeroth healing the dragon flights could be a piece that fits in there okay as long as it's not the primary focus
0: it's also at least some lore hints that the dragons actually came from the elemental planes first and the curse of flesh turned them into proto drakes yep and we know that yeah, it's in there, too. So maybe we could go to the elemental planes and get some, like, well, Stone Drake to show up and come back come back to Azeroth with us to revitalize the line?
1: Well, it's interesting you say that because I literally just spent an entire expansion as a shaman stabilizing the elemental planes. Like, there was an entire campaign. The Order Hall campaign was entirely revolving around that, bringing stability and bringing those into sort of a unified front. Not, not that it actually did anything to fight the Legion, but that was the intent. So, like... You as a player character, I would love to see that sort of tie into that as well. Like I just spent a year and a half, uh, or however many, how much time has passed in game, literally stabilizing the elemental period, like just in general.
0: And I spent the whole expansion having to deal with Odin's crap, so I could grab, (laughs) I could go to Odin and say, "Look, I know you, you owe me. You weren't behind the whole dragon thing the last time, but you're going to help me fix them, champion. Why would I? Because I put up with you." You're a
2: jerk. You know That's how you fun. gave me a dragon, and I punched it in the snoot, and now it does everything I want. How would you like a punch in the snoot, Odin? Oh God, I've punched Odin in the snoot so
0: many times lately. <laughs> I've been I've been doing the old raid, so I go back and punch him repeatedly. But yeah, oh, he he just something that, like because here I don't I don't understand like there's holes in this idea just from the concept of. If you need an Aspect's power to have Viable Young, then how are the Nether Drakes doing it?
1: And there's all sorts of other like weird... How, how do I put this? There have been clutches throughout Warcraft that haven't had the Aspect's direct intervention. Yeah, so, absolutely. Like, and, and this is even within the major flights. So I don't understand... I, that's what I don't understand. That's what I never understood.
2: Are, are all of these dragon eggs magic eggs is that what they're telling us and since the aspects don't have any more magic but even that doesn't make sense exactly this was always one of those fallout things from cataclysm that i didn't quite get and the thing is is like i get the part where they say the time for aspects is over the age of it's time for the age of mortals now okay i get that but why throw the whole we're not going to have any eggs anymore there's not going to be any dragons anymore we're just gonna we're just gonna roll over and die out like yeah why throw can... that in there like what purpose does that serve
0: exactly i've been confusing and bewildering a lot of people i don't get it either because if you wanted to say now that we've lost our not now the aspects of lost their power no dragons aren't immortal anymore or whatever because a, the dragons are the ones who gave the, the immortality to the Night Elves, so clearly they have the ability to bestow it. And B, it would fit with like the first. Remember the first time you fought Nefarian? Oh yeah. And he went on and on about how he, you know, he was super long lived and he would seen so much and he understood the game in a way you never would. You could Im- imagine all the stories of dragons having to come to terms of the fact that you know you've got maybe a, a thousand years and then you're gonna die. And that's like maybe they'd start trying to have a lot more eggs maybe they'd be like hey we need to we need to replenish our numbers or maybe not and i mean you could justify the whole no babies thing by saying it was alex Straza's power that let them have
1: sure as the life binder yeah i could see that
0: but then like how was she getting the like was she giving that to the black dragons even though they were kidnapping her eggs and trying to murder her all the time how did she send all of that to outland yeah. yeah, Was she doing that when she was being used by the Dragon Soul? I mean, there's a lot. I don't know. I I really feel like this is one of those things where they should just kind of gently, not I don't want to say retcon it just so much. Fill in she, the gaps. Or just kind of don't ever, like, kind of just say, oh, it turns out we can still have eggs. See,
2: yeah. and the thing is, is I don't think that this was anything directly mentioned in game. I think it was, like, in an Ask a C-Dev or something like that, if I remember right. I don't, I don't recall it being mentioned no, specifically in-game. Was there? I'm pretty
1: sure there was a mention in-game. Sure
0: games games. Games. Okay. The Senegosa stuff. Oh, yeah. okay. I mean, All right. You're, uh, you know, but they haven't, like, they're like, this is the last clutch of eggs. They don't say, because we're now magically sterile, wink, wink. It's because, heavily implied. Yeah, yeah. They don't actually say. So you could totally make a thing like, maybe it's just really hard for them to have eggs now. Because they don't have Alexstrasza blessing them. That would make sense. And it would be, it would imply that ne- the nether drakes, it wasn't that they were, you know, they were having eggs. It's just really hard. You know, they, they, they lose and, a lot of them.
1: And that I could be, I could be okay with too. Like, I could be okay if, like, you know, the dragons are not as populous as they were before because it's hard, the eggs don't survive like they used to. Like, you know, then we'll get a minigame where the dragon makes it to the water or something. I don't know. Like, it'll just, it, but I could, I could see that being an explanation.
0: Another dragon made it to the fire. <laughs> oh, what are you trying Re- regardless to
2: regardless of all of this and this is you know a lot of good points are being brought up here including just the kind of nonsensical nature of that particular decree regardless of all of that i don't think that trying to get dragons some kind of magical fertility treatments is really what i would call something that could fuel the plot of an entire expansion
0: no but like part i said own. like yeah it, that's it's yeah. part of
2: it, a zone sure yeah and it, it could
1: definitely it could definitely fit here too like if the the healing of azeroth and and using the azerite somehow you know we we work that in where it's you know fixes this particular problem
0: joe joe you realize you're proposing azerite as some kind of magical uh Hey, it drawing. gives you
1: ideas, okay? It gives you ideas. What, <laughs> what that means, I'm not going into any detail.
2: <laughs> oh Those wow! some
1: great ideas.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, they, they actually, uh, Buenos Alude said at the end of their email, they did say, this isn't enough of a story thread to carry an entire expansion, but maybe a zone and a, and a raid? I would say I go,
1: dungeon, maybe. Not a dungeon. raid.
0: Dungeon? I can see the zone, but I don't even want to think about the raid that is the dragon sex raid. That would be just, the that would be the weirdest
1: weirdest sure run of the Oculus ever. I'm pretty sure there's already websites dedicated that that we don't need to visit. We're okay.
2: Okay. All right. Let's just move on. <laughs> Thank you for the question, Bunce. Buenas okay, Okay, uh, next email is from Ortheus, who says, Hey, fellow lore walkers, Ortheus here, Night Elf Resto, Druid on a- Antonidas. Long-time listener, first-time questioner. I don't think any of you have mentioned it yet, but I was doing a world quest in Nazmir, and I noticed that long pier, maybe it was once a road, in the northern part. At the end of it, there's a Night Elf shipwreck. So I was curious as to why, and I pulled up the map to find that the pier leads straight to the Temple of Elum, or the Tomb of Sargeras. Now, I know the elves evolved from the trolls because of the Well of Eternity, but did the civilizations live side by side? Do you think we'll learn of some possible Titan troll elf lore soon? Just thought it was interesting and wanted some feedback. May the stars guide you, Ortheus. Um, what do you mean
0: specifically I, by side-by-side? By side? They did live at the same time, yeah. They lived at the Whoa. same
2: time, but location-wise, because the thing is, is like you have Zandalar, right? You have like the, the kingdom of Zandalar troll empire, mighty mm-hmm. troll empire, and in the middle of this mighty troll empire, well, not in the middle of it, up in Nazmir, there is a section that looks like, it looks like a pier or a path. It's that, an old dock, yeah. Yeah, and it points straight towards the Temple of Elune.
1: And it's not, um, and it's not even like a Temple small. What the Temple of Balin was, and, and to sort of like clarify, it's not like a little wooden. Here. No, it's like a it's highway. A gi- yeah, it is. It's like a giant, almost like large wood construction that's there.
2: So what or, I think they're asking here is, were the Xandalar and the Night Elves were they living close enough that they were building that kind of a highway between these two kingdoms and what does that say about how they were interacting with each other like were they not not were they living together but were they living like side by side as in butted up physically the two kingdoms were like right next to each other
0: well, the night elf kingdom completely surrounded zandalar mm-hmm. the night elves had taken everything they wanted around it they literally penned the zandalari in what where what do you call now zandalar? was like the last remnant. It was basically just the mountain.
1: Yeah, uh, it was the last remnant of the troll empire.
0: They had taken everything that they thought worth taking. And they like left behind like, oh, well, it would be more trouble than it's worth to murder them, the rest of them in this place. Because they have all their loa there. And it would take a lot of magic and be a very long fight. And we have everything we want. So, okay, that's good enough. Like, the only reason the night elves didn't keep going and just kill all of them was because it would have been too hard. And they felt like, well, we we took pretty much the whole continent. We have Hyjal, which is more important to us anyway, because as the, as the descendants of Night Trolls, although we refuse to admit that, um, Hyjal was where we we're from. Hyjal's sacred to us, but the rest of them, that's sacred to them. Eh, they can have it.
1: Now, it's like, also possible that it's older than that too, and it's also possible because looking at the dock and looking at how it's constructed, it's not elven. It's definitely not elven. It looks like it's it's trollish in nature as far as like. How it's carved out it matches the other troll civilizations. It is entirely possible that talking it's something that's like
0: Naswatha I think so like I'm looking yeah, at it's the up right in right Nas yeah, I'm looking at specifically at Naswatha next to torga's rest mm-hmm. and I see yeah there's like a huge promontory of land that does definitely look like it's some kind of uh freeway oh yeah. you know what it's titan I'm an idiot. Naswatha is a titan structure, the path oh.
2: of the a tit- mm. titan structure Whoa, wait a minute. Yeah.
0: Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute!
2: Okay, so does that obviously the first time we were introduced to any kind of like Path of the Titans thing, other than that preemptive thing that they announced that was supposed to be a feature and then got canceled, was the Path of Titans that goes from War to Dragonblight? Oh, well, mm-hmm.
0: no, it goes through, and then, it goes, and then it goes and then it goes
2: further south. Where does that intersect with? If you follow but, that straight south, where does that hit? Where does that line up with? I think it would hit the well. Would it hit it the would, well? Yeah.
1: Would, well, yeah, because well, the
2: tomb was the tomb of Sargeras. That was another Titan facility, right?
0: Yeah, it was the Temple of Loon, which was a, they we we've now seen the inside of it. It was a Titan facility. How well, how far at
1: does map, that highway go? Well, looking at the map, so the way that the and I just pulled up like uh like one specifically of Northren, um, the path of the Titans actually goes down through the Maelstrom, like that's it points like between the Maelstrom and Xandal. So like it's not exactly perfectly aligned yeah, but that but doesn't it could say very, it that it doesn't very, turn right but it could have very easily have been that when all of those lands were together
2: so yeah, what well, i'm wondering matter, is though... does this path of the titans thing does it is it a highway that connects all of the titan facilities and maybe just like pieces and parts of it obviously broke away when the sundering happened Do, does that mean that there's like more pieces of that highway that maybe we just haven't recognized as pieces
0: of that highway
1: I think we're probably going to find some more pieces of it when we go underwater eventually.
0: Well, if you look to like if you're looking at the actual map of Nazmir, Nazwatha to the heart of darkness, which we know also is a Titan facility, it's dear straight shot. Yeah, like a straight line from the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the remember the, the entire Well of Eternity was 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 bounded around by the Titans. What I'm kind as... of
2: wondering here is, do you think somewhere? if you go back to, like, Oldham, um, do you think somewhere yes. under the sands, there's another highway? We also, don't,
1: we also don't know, like, the extent of if it branched off, and how far it branched, and if it was a complex series of, of roadways that they had constructed for ease of travel for their, their you know, Titan Watchers. And I mean, their, these are really big highways, sort of but
2: you also have to look at the generalized size of, like, a Titan Watcher. Mm-hmm. They're huge, so that's, like, a walking path for them.
0: Okay, I'm looking at Oldham right now. The Halls of Origination, um, they go straight over towards Orsis and the Temple of Oldham. Yeah. Like, there's there's no roadway there, but there's valleys and stuff there.
2: Well, do you think that maybe, like, obviously Oldham it got hit by the re-origination device, right? It, there was yeah. all that destruction that went on. Sand came in. Sand destroyed everything. Is it possible that that sand is covering up another section of the Path of the Titans?
0: I think it, uh, honestly, one of the things I'm thinking here is we know that Ankaraj is just one zone over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we know that the uh the Godlands, uh Sholazar Basin is directly north of these two places. Right. And we well, know Angoro that
2: those... Crater and Angoro yeah. is connected to Sholazar. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Sholazar and Ungoro are both the petri dishes of the Titans. So, they called them. So you know, I don't think it, I don't think it's the path of the Titans is one highway. I think if you think of the Well of Eternity, like remember that the Titans ringed around it. They they actually built a confinement around it, and they the 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 Temple of Valune is a Titan structure that was guiding and and you know protecting it. That's what we know it originally was. So what if that, the, the the everything went to it? Like, because you want to, you want to basically have the whole network plugged into the Well of Eternity, because the whole purpose of the original, you know, the original thing they were doing when they were ordering Azeroth was trying to heal that wound. So if, these are basically, like, for lack of a better word, they're capillaries that lead away from it. They're they're like stunt. Like when you put in a, when you have a, a wound, you need to drain. You put in a shunt. What if they Yeah, but at the also- end of those
1: shunts are are old gods. Seems a little weird to me.
0: Well, that's the the thing is the old gods might be the things they're imprisoning. They're using the well of eternity to do it. I don't know. I'm just using these as metaphors. What I really think it was that the whole thing could be based around those original. We only have a few of these facilities. We know there's more. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was her name? And
2: so much of it is underwater now.
1: The maiden of of vitality told us a whole bunch of names.
2: Yeah. yeah. There's this giant list. Yeah.
0: So Aldorus, whatever the heck Aldorus is, we don't know where Aldorus is.
1: So I think, I think that, and that's where I was kind of going with it. I was on the same page as you to a certain extent. I don't think that the Well of Eternity was the central point. I think that there might, uh, the question is like, what was the main Titan facility? Like, did they have everything just spread out into these smaller, different ones for a reason? Or did they have a main central hub? I'd
2: want to say, I'd want to say Olduar because that's where odin was based and odin was supposedly the head of everything I'd i want to say that that would be I point a know. and then everything yeah. else branches off from that because that's also where the central facility was that created the titan forged
0: well there were two there was also the one in in that's now in the south that's in pandaria that also oh well
2: yeah
1: and don't forget yeah. even up there we had we had what two small offshoots that weren't part of uh, uh alduar either like we had the Halls of Stone and the Halls of Lightning that were separate facilities. Were there?
0: Well, let's not forget Wintergrass. And Wintergrass. Yep, that's also a Titan facility. And they had Sholazar that they were monitoring. Honestly, I'm going to go by the fact that we have an, on on Argus we have Antorus. And Antaurus, that's
1: exactly I mean, what I was going to say. Yep.
0: Antorus is clearly a central base, and they have other Titans. They've got like Titan Watchers there. Obviously, that's a thing that the Titans do. They set up facilities. They put in Titan Forge because they're they're the titans themselves are too powerful they use these smaller proxies if we go with the antorus thing if antorus is the central pro- processing area of of argus i'd say oldorus would have been azeroth's well, uh, yeah, central was, base that would have been like say
1: something similar yep
0: okay where do you and think that is yeah we don't know where it is or if it's underwater or if it's got like n'zoth in it or what we have no idea
2: do you guys have oh. any like
0: ideas I, well, I was the one. I just listed literally. Yeah, I, I just said I was going to,
1: that's kind of where I was leaning towards too, is that I think it's, I think it's underwater and I, I think it may or may not be, you know, it, where Nazoth was imprisoned, but it would make the most sense.
0: The old gods love to corrupt Titan structures. Mm-hmm. We know that Ankaraj had a name before, um, Yogg's not the Yogg's run took it over and renamed it Ankaraj. Um, it might have been aldis it might have been aldorus for all i know um but we know that it had a name do we think so, that neolatha is actually aldorus o- it might be uh we it know that too for that matter we know that like nazwatha like oh what's the name of that place there's there's another one of these pyramids there's the pyramid in the south that that's become desaralore that's a titan pyramid too that's a titan and then seal, there's yeah. also voldun yeah, but the one of Alduin's name is something Amon, Amulamon, Am- Am- Amalamon. I f- I forget. I can't remember the name of it. I don't remember the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. Well, I think I think that's significant. I think the names I, are significant because those are the the original when 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 the uh, the Zandalar their first big cities were in Nazmir. the mm-hmm. Desaralor is is a later city. It's they retreated to that. When they couldn't handle the corruption coming out of Aldir anymore, they ran away, they ran south to the Zara lore. um that to me there's there's some the way that these things radiate out the uh you know naswatha the Aldir complex the the locks that that feed into it they they there's i I feel like there's something I'm missing here well, well it's connected to what Joe was talking about.
1: The one thing I also want to point out too that we've already kind of possibly gotten a glimpse of Nialatha, especially in the Azara short, The Warbringer. Yeah. If you look at it, that is a vast, complex structure that has all of the hallmarks of what we've seen for Titan facilities and obelisks and temples. And yeah, that's why I said already.
2: That's why I said. Do you think Nialatha is old? But looking
1: at the scale of it. I think it very well could be that missing central hub, because it looks like it is probably larger than anything else we've encountered so far.
2: Which is, and it's the first one that they established, because Nizoth was the first one that they captured.
1: Uh-huh, and it would make sense that they would probably put the the most into that first attempt at imprisonment, right? That first attempt at research.
0: Guys, have you actually looked at the image that she sees?
1: Yeah, I have it up in front of me right now.
0: Do you notice there's a pyramid in it?
1: Yep, yep, that's why I was bringing it up. There are several pyramids in it.
0: Yeah, but the specific one that's in the forefront that has tentacles kind of around it, mm-hmm. um, it's very, old, it's very much like Aldum. Yep. And in fact, the whole thing looks Aldemish. So, but it's got the geometric progression of the the Xandalar stuff. There's, yeah, that's
2: it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Okay, Ortheus,
0: thank you for the question. Um, we kind of rambled all over the place, but. The answer to your question is, it's a Titan structure. It yeah. predates either Night Elves or Xandalar. The yeah. reason it would have existed was because Daswatha is Titan, and so is the Temple of Elune. So the two of them might have been linked. They might have been way stations,
2: Along with everywhere else, as we're finding out. Okay, next email. This is from Gap, who's a Blood Elf Paladin on Argent Dawn EU, who says, Hello, Lore Masters. Quick question for you, maybe to tinfoil over... We already know that Alun is not a Naru, but we still don't know what she is. What if Alun is an old god or even a void lord? If the Naru can have shadow forms and even necrotic like magic can exist in the light, why not an old god or even a void lord that went the other way around? Keep doing your great work gap. Um I'm not sure how I feel about this. I've been kinda like mulling this over ever since I read the email. I don't what do you guys think, Joe?
1: I have a hard time buying into a as an old God type thing because I mean, yeah, it's entirely possible that we could channel enough light into an old God and turn it into something else. We don't know what that is. We have no record of it ever happening. It's, and while it's definitely within the realm of possibilities that yeah, a could have had that happen. But the question is how long ago did that happen? Where did it happen? Because our understanding is that Alun's been here since basically things have been ordered, right, like since the universe was was ordered and and born. She's Alun's been around. I, I don't know if I really buy that she's an old god. I think, and and, and you had this idea a long time ago, um, where what if she was just like, you know, we have the void throwing old gods, basically throwing void bits into the universe, and old gods stick, and that's the result of their void hitting the material plane what if there's something from the light plane that sort of like threw into the material plane and a the loon is a result of that
2: okay like... i have something to say and i want sure, you guys to re- react to this what if a loon is the void god the void lord version of lothraxian Lothar- a creature that was corrupt purified by the light and then turned around and started doing the light equivalent of what it had been doing on the other side
1: then the question is who did it
2: yeah well the light but the light's just kind of a force is it maybe the light
1: has to be channeled and moved doesn't it like that's what we've seen in the past it's a
2: thing that exists like in the beginning there was nothing but light and then the void developed and then the two came together and started clashing but is it is it just a force is it just a thing is it an entity
0: we don't know i've been thinking about this ever since we first had the void lords mentioned um one of the things I, I certainly think it is possible, like that that might be Alun's origin, Alun might be like Lithraxian or she might be like uh we know that the Titans have been doing experiments to try and figure out how to deal with the void the void entities, the old gods well, my we thought if is they if they succeeded or not you know? yeah,
2: my thought is is if the Naru have a light cycle and a void cycle and that's just their natural cycle of being,
0: then who's to say the void lords don't have a light cycle maybe or. I keep coming back to this idea. We know that Alun, the tier of Alun, was capable of restoring an Aru, an Aru prime. Um, and one of the things I've been thinking about ever since that was that when they talk about how, you know, Zera was created during the great ordering of the universe, who ordered the universe, the Titans didn't do that. Titans have been going around ordering planets, but they didn't order the universe. Who did, what was the ordering of the universe? When did that happen? Was there a side of fries involved? No. Um... No. One of the things I keep thinking about is we, we, you guys mentioned the Void Lords and how they throw the old gods in the universe to see if which ones will stick and so forth. Yeah, and we know that the they've hit other worlds. That there's many other planets in the universe. We don't know if there is a corresponding urge in the light. I mean, we know that the Void Lords exist. The is Void, that what the, the Naru are? Has, yeah, the Void ha- the Void Lords have this whole idea one of the things i thought for a long time is what if the void lords are the ones who like they believe everything is possible all things you know the thousand truths that whole that whole thing the idea that you know all things are true so everything's permitted because we can do anything because anything could happen and the, we've said we said before the light believes in only one true thing like there's only one true path there's one true thought what if that's because there are void lords but there's just the light as an entity as a being it has one mind one thought one voice one will one truth yeah and if that thing saw the the void lords are throwing you know old gods into the universe maybe it would throw something in itself but what if it didn't do that what if that's what naru are if naru are you know it grabbed an old god and it purged them and that's why when they they go into their dark cycle they become you know the void what are they called void monstrosities void lords like entropius yeah i think so, they're
2: called like void lords but it's not mm-hmm. the same as the void yeah. lords but that created the old
0: gods maybe it's an emulation of them maybe it's them trying to get back to the purity of their you know original state before they were tossed into the into the meat universe for lack of a better word sorry but that doesn't answer what a loon is except maybe it does because well, if well, if that didn't work or how do you do that? How do you turn your enemy's weapons to your cause, to borrow from another video game? Well, you have to split yourself. You can't, you know, the light as a being of one truth is inherently limited because it can't adapt to opposing viewpoints. It can't think, well, what are they going to do? I can't predict what they're going to do. They're inherently unpredictable to me. I need a way to think differently. Because the Night Warrior stuff, and I know we're talking, not going to talk about 8.1, but that's just something we know is out. So we, should, we have to at least address that Elune has that aspect. Elune has a, a void cycle. She has darkness. She's got the night cycle. Because mo- the moon does. The mm-hmm. moon goes from full to, to, to new. To, you know, the moon that Elune is, not the other two moons. Because we're not talking about them. Um, there's just, I don't know, I think Elune is something greater than an old god. I think she's probably on par with a Void Lord.
1: Well, and and the reason, the other reason I believe that too, and I and I'm sort of in that camp is because like even let's look at last expansion. Let's look at the final raid, um, where we go to another planet during the Antorus, the Burning Throne raid, which is called what a Lunaria. Like the naming structure has existed in other places of the universe besides Azeroth. So I think. I think she's bigger i think it's i think it's something bigger and it's something and, and nice. she's, she's not yeah.
2: something that's just restricted to azeroth yes. yeah here's
0: the thing now, now let's think about this for a even second. even in
1: burning crusade there were there was an entire set of of armor that dropped the uh lunarian set or i uh-huh. think it was what it was and that was on a whole other planet
0: but here's here's the thing that you, you got me thinking the light is a metaphor too and one of the metaphors that's used on azeroth to describe it is the sun sun's and moons dominate night skies. They're things, that they're old primal symbols. If you have the light and you're representing it with the sun, moon represents how the light can turn to shadow. It's the opposite but equal part of light. Light casts shadows. Light illuminates, but it also makes the darkness in the first place. And that's true in Azeroth. That's how we know Azeroth existed because originally it was just light and the light formed eddies and those eddies were shadowed. And the shadow came to be. That's the origin story of the of the Warcraft cosmos. So, it's possible that the light has Illoon to serve as its actual like. Now, I want to use the word demiurge, like, and that's kind of a weird concept because it's very Gnostic. But what if that's what Elune does? What if loon is the light's will, for lack of a better word? The light itself is too cosmic to think or feel. It has its truth, and that's all. But loon can be a being.
1: Well, I find it also interesting because let's look at uh, just going back to the sun and moon bit. Moons don't cast light on their own. Moons reflect light from the sun. They, they they don't have their own light at all. So that would make perfect sense if we're using that as the metaphor that like a moon can't cast light by itself. A moon has to reflect light from another source. So if a moon is basically acting as the will made manifest in the universe of the light that would make perfect sense to me
2: see for me the reason why i suggested the lothraxian angle is because i keep going back to the formation of the light forged and how they came to be and how they're made because they're made essentially by giving them some kind of supercharged irradiated dose of the light that transforms them Turalyon isn't a human anymore. I mean, he is, but he isn't because he's essentially immortal. The light is, like, the, the dude glows. The dude glows. And that's not normal. Even for practitioners of the light on Azeroth, paladins can wield the light, but they aren't composed of it. And it feels like the light forged, in a way, they have been almost genetically altered so that they are partially composed of the light now. And part of me thinks, well, what if that happened? What if that process happened to a void lord? What if the light got its hands? And I'm using this in a completely like figurative because the light doesn't have hands, right? It's not a thing. It's not an entity that we know of. But what if the light managed to touch one of those void lords and give it the supercharged dose of the light treatment, give it that treatment that then passed on from presumably a loon to the Naru that she created and the Naru have continued on that cycle with mortals. Is that do you do you see what I'm getting at here? There's like a chain going on. Because it's yeah, not just, just the Void trying to swallow everything here, because that's the thing. That's the thing about the Warcraft universe. And we, we keep focusing on the part where it's like, well, the Void wants to like devour everything and turn it into chaos and blah, 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 all that other stuff. Well, the Light is kind of doing the same thing, but from the other side. It's trying to wash everything into that one version of yeah. the truth that it has.
1: I and mean, that's sort of what keeps the balance, right? Right. Like, no, that, that totally keeps... At a yeah. cosmic level.
2: It's that it's that cosmic balance level, but I'm wondering if maybe that's what occurred, and maybe that's what we're looking at with a loon, because on that chart, on that cosmology chart, we have like the old gods of the Naru, and they're opposite each other on the chart, and then we have the Void Lords down there in the Void area, and then up in the Light area, we have the Naru, and then nothing. And I feel like loon is that nothing. That's what fits in that nothing spot. And they didn't put it there because this book was published before they wanted to go into that too much.
1: Yeah, and I can see that. But that still fits in with the. It still fits in with the lights will made manifest, right? Like it still supports that.
2: Yeah, it found a way to make its will manifest by stealing a
0: void lord. Well, that's, that's <laughs> like t- if you wonder if the if the void lords are weaker than the light because individually. Because they're the Void Lords, whereas there's just the Light on the other side. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the, the, the Void's problem is that it can't be united.
1: The void Even, even the Old is, Gods. Look at, look at the Old Gods. They warred with each other, right? Like, yeah,
0: and that's the thing. That's the reason why the Light is terrifying, because the Light does have a singular purpose, a singular will.
1: We, and, will ooh, you. and we see that even here in the game. Like, in Battle for Azeroth, you see that, and you see... Uh, Alliance people, please don't get mad at me. Um, but with the Magar orcs, like you see that single will made manifest. What happens with those light sworn, those light bound? They're that's swallowing kind of where the entire I was, planet.
2: That's kind of where I was inferring with that when I was saying that, like, there were events in game, even that sort of reflected, like, beyond the formation of the light forged, it, it, it's that drive to turn things to the light to try Mm -hmm. and purify those things and turn them to the light. And in a way that's almost as dangerous as what the void is doing. It's just, they're going about it from the angle of, well, the light gives us benevolent feelings and make us, makes us feel peaceful and calm and all this other stuff. So it has to be good. It's not good. It's not bad. It just exists. And it's the same thing with the void. It's not good. It's not bad. It just exists. And these two, these two things that exist keep butting up against each other, and that's what creates us. So, I don't know. I don't know that, where a fits into it all.
1: I'm I'm definitely in the Rossi camp on this one. This is another thing. Mark it on your calendars, folks. I agree. I agree with Rossi. Um, I I really do think that a is much bigger than just a captured, purified void lord. I, I think I, she is. She is too well, big, I too powerful, too in
2: present. Th- that th- in and of itself. A, a captured purified void lord that in and of itself is an extraordinary weird and powerful thing because look what happens to the light forged the look what happened to Turalian he went from a mortal with a mortal lifespan blink of an eye compared to any Draenei out there to this immortal kind of godlike being just because of that mega dose of the light if it could do that to something as puny as a human what would it do to something as powerful as a Void Lord? What would it turn them into?
0: A light god? Like you know, we are ignoring another possibility. Oh, please go for it. It just occurred to me. We know that the Void Lords are looking for a means to corrupt a Titan because a corrupted Titan would be immeasurably more powerful <laughs> okay. than a regular Titan.
1: Yeah, yeah, I see where you're going.
0: We don't know that that hasn't already happened Ooh. on the other side. Ooh. There's no reason the light couldn't the Titans use the light all the time. Mm-hmm. There's no reason the kite there couldn't be a light Titan. And that would be one of the interesting things about the Naru is they have technology. They have a technology unique to themselves that is based on their on themselves and it is not the Drani. The Drani technology was completely different. The stuff they've learned to use since they were they got on the crystal ships. All the is, crystal stuff, yeah, all, the, that's all yeah. the Naru. That's not their original Eridar technology. They had their own magic science stuff. Those
2: transdimensional ships aren't Dranei ships, they're yeah. Naro ships that the Dranei yeah.
0: have learned to use. Which if the Naru were created by a loon in some way, that implies that a loon has access to that kind of thing. We've oh! seen we've seen that the Titans have their own kind of technology that is very similar and we've seen Titan technology all over Azeroth. The reason Titan technology in Azeroth looks the way it does is because it's made out of Azerothian components. They've said this hundreds of times. The earthen, the Titan, all the Titan forged on Azeroth were made from Azeroth's materials. All the stuff they built was made out of Azerothian stuff. So if there's some light Titan out there somewhere, that, that Titan might have made the Naru. And then the Naru would go forth into the cosmos to, to, to enact its will. And it would just talk about the light because the Titan would basically just be an enormous being of light.
1: And it would make a lot of sense of why there's a whole bunch of ordered planets or other things that are even yeah. just one other planet that exists named after, you know, a yeah. because and maybe it, that's where she came from.
0: Me, here's the thing. What if right now, right now, In the sky above Azeroth, a Titan is orbiting the planet, and has been, for millennia. And it's up there, right now, looking down on the planet, making sure things are okay. It doesn't interfere directly for fear of harming the planet. It saw what happened when Amentul showed up, so it doesn't just reach down and fix things. It it operates like a scalpel.
2: Here's my only quibble with that, but it's not much of a quibble, because I'm going to follow that with a caveat, but in Chronicle it said that Amonthul and the rest of the Pantheon, they were the first titans to awaken, and then they went to go find others, right?
0: That's fair. The caveat
2: to that, though, is
0: what woke them up? We know Amonthul woke some of the other ones up, but we don't know what woke him up.
2: Yeah. How'd he wake up in the first place? Was there a cosmic alarm clock,
0: or was there something tapping him on the shoulder and going, hi, it's time to be... And it would explain why one of the things that the Titans left behind was the tear of a loon and not the, something of aeonar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they were all working with her for that matter. That would explain why when you go to a uh, siege of Orgrimmar, when you're, when you're in the Shah of pride encounter, uh Norshen summons the light. The light is not gentle. It purifies. He uses the light during that encounter. If, Elune was there the whole time. If Elune woke up the Pantheon, you know, if Elune is basically curled up in a ball sleeping in orbit around Azeroth so as not to hurt the planet. If Elune is the one who showed uh the Titan forged how to make the Emerald Dream. If Mother Moon the... is
2: actually Mother Moon. Yes.
0: Like that's... literally physical presence is up in the sky. Just we haven't that's been there yet.
2: Interesting thought. Okay. I think we've Gone over this subject probably enough. Um, Gap, hope you had fun with the tinfoiling that we just did. <laughs> um, there's like a whole bunch of other stuff that I need to look into now and um, double check. But yeah, the origins of a loon and what a loon actually is, it's still one of those mysteries that they haven't really clearly defined. And I feel like it's just one of those they're holding it in their back pocket as a someday thing, but. Not necessarily immediately. I don't know. I hope we see that those questions answered, though. Um, I think we got time for one more email here, so let's go ahead and go to this one by Balak, who's from Dragon Blight US, who says Dear Watchers, I have a different interpretation of the Ezshara Warbringer short that I wanted to share with you. I think you underestimated Nazoth. He knew Ezshara's vanity, and he played to it. He offered to make her a slave, and predictably, she demanded to be queen. He grudgingly quote unquote, accepted, and she thought she won. In reality though, isn't she still just a slave to Nazoth? A slave with a crown, but a slave nonetheless. Thanks and keep on watching, Balak. What do you guys think? Do you think that Ashara pulled one over on Nazoth or do you think Nazoth pulled one over on Ashara?
0: I would be a lot less interested in the story if Nazoth is ultimately the one pulling the strings on Ashara because that's predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah it also,
1: cheapen, it also cheapens her a little bit to me. As far yeah. as I'm
0: concerned. But I mean, I tell you right now, Nizoth is of the four. He's the physically weakest, and yet he's the one who's still around. So cunning is not something in short supply for Nizoth. He's been laying low all these yeah. years. I think there's a certain amount of that each of them thinks they're using the other. That's absolutely the case. Nizoth, I do think Nizoth would have much preferred outright obedience. I think he did grudgingly accept. And I think that she does have a lot more independence than Nazoth would prefer. But to Nizoth, well, okay, she's doing this because she wants to build herself a kingdom. She's doing this because she wants to rule as she did. She wants to create her perfect empire. But she's still doing it. Mm-hmm. And as long as she is doing it, as long as she is executing along the lines I want executed, then I have no reason to do anything. I don't have to... Plus, let, let's be fair, he was not in a position to enforce his will. He was bound. He's only recently started waking up. He and as Shara,
2: as Shara will build him his army, and armies can be corrupted, whereas Shara maybe can't.
1: I mean, it really does play into the classic Demona Xanathos sort of relationship both are using each other to their ends to to some degree I love how you threw don't... this to a gargoyle's reference
2: <laughs> <laughs> because it fits it, it does i fit. just i love that you went there
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it's one of those things where we don't know the extent to which either one is truly coming out ahead or if they are like so at the end of the day yes she's building an army for you know nizof but that army is made up of who right now the naga were the naga loyal to yes they could theoretically be corrupted but the naga are all loyal to her for the most part there are there are some that sort of shy away or or try to do other things we've we've seen that in the past but
0: yeah but the vast majority of the naga yeah are almost frenetic you know frenetically loyal to her i'm not just exactly straight up like energetic about it they're they're frenetic they're and, straight up crazy for her
1: and this goes to before they were even naga right like this is she had that sort of power over, over her people where she was loved emphatically by everybody. Like it was just it was almost like and a cultish devotion. The right?
2: implication the implication is there, and it was there in the original Well of Eternity series. The implication is there that maybe not all of that was because of their own free will, and maybe some of that was as Shara exerting her influence. Because Which she to... is powerful.
1: And, and I like that because then it, going into this with Nazoth, yeah, so who better to sort of undermine controlling magic than somebody who's been using it for eons? Like...
0: You know, I, I, I think to a certain degree, Shara knows full well that Nazoth is not as helpless as he might have seemed, especially now. She can tell, you know, what's going on, and he knows she knows, and she knows that he knows that she knows. And the two of them are constantly playing this kind of game where it's like, how far can I go? How strong am I at the moment? What can I do? What's important to me? Would I rather have to tolerate her having her own individual freedom? Or, you know, is it more important to me that she be like a slave than that I get what I want? Because Nazoth wants out. He he himself said, I watched you for a thousand years. Was she supposed to be impressed by that? i mean she's lived a couple thousand creep, years at that point it's creepers
1: it's, always think that's impressive i guess i don't know yeah.
0: but i mean there's that whole thing about it it's one of those situations every time i think about it i'm like the amount of time that's passed since she's not been idle for ten thousand years she's not been sitting underwater just waiting for stuff to happen no we know that like, we know that just from stuff like the drust have a history of fighting the naga the drust the Naga were, were messing around with them, like, you know, two 3,000 years ago. The Naga have been doing stuff worldwide all along. Heck, the Tortolans,
1: man, the Tortolans, the old ancient race. They comment about the Naga as one of their
0: idol things. Yeah, and they hate them. They absolutely hate them. Yeah, so there's a lot. we The the scale of both of their ambitions, Nazath has been unable to do anything for thousands of years, since thousands of years before the Sundering. Unable to act. He has only recently awoken to the point where he could even empower an agent. Whereas Ashara has had the past ten thousand years to plot and scheme and act. I don't think she's his slave. Does that mean he isn't trying to like play to her vanity to control her? No. I think he absolutely is trying to play to her vanity to control her. But I think it's he has to try that kind of thing. He can't just compel her obedience. She'd sooner die.
1: Well, not only that, but I mean, it's, if he didn't, she would know something was up, right? Like that sort of plays into that. He he has to, he, he's required to do a certain extent because that's what she expects. And so as long as he keeps giving her what she expects, he can get what he needs out of her. It's a mutually parasitic relationship. And, and I think it's okay as long as it remains that. If it turns out that he's been the puppet master all along, I think it completely undermines the malice and the genius of the character of genre. And I don't want that to happen.
2: No, I definitely don't want that to happen either. Um, I think that pretty much wraps us up for all the time that we've got right now though. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show here again. If you have an email for the show, um, you could send that to podcast at com and put lore watch in the subject line just so that we know that it's intended for this show. Uh, blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzard and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And for you guys, listeners of Blizzard, blizzard Watch, uh, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have several... Blizzard titles available in their library, but they also have thousands of other books to choose from. You can pick up any of those titles for your free download, and you can also, you know, check out however many you can in that free 30-day trial. You can sign up for that at blizzardwatch.com audible, and every sign-up helps support the show and everything that we do. Um, final thoughts, you guys. I have a question, and I'm not sure there is no definitive answer to it, but I'm curious what you guys think about it. As Shara, we know her as the queen. She was born with golden eyes. All this destiny, da 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 da, all that other stuff. Been ruling for thousands of years. Now underwater. Who were her parents? Do you guys have any idea? Do you think her parents were powerful spellcasters? Do you think? Do you think that when she came to be? Was it just an ordinary here we have a kid and this kid has been supercharged for some reason that we don't know? Or do you think that maybe there was some kind of Ratheon element involved where even before she was born something touched her? Joe?
1: I, I don't know because isn't it stated like elsewhere that it's it's not unheard of for a position to be given a high like a posi- a person to be given a high position in what was essentially highborn elf culture just based on the, the level of power they had. It doesn't necessarily mean that they had to come from a, like a Royal line or anything like that.
2: Well, the um, reason far- that I ask this is because we have Illidan, right? Right. And one of the things that we found out about Illidan and Legion was that his whole destiny path, everything else was kind of a product of Zera, Like she'd been watching, they'd been watching. They, he was like, destined to be what he was destined to be he was part of that so, whole one truth that they saw was as shara part of that do you yeah think? and that's
1: and that that's a possibility simply because of the golden eye thing i think if anything else that seems like a real interesting signifier of light tampering i guess you would say
0: one thing we know is that she was this sole heir to the throne mm-hmm. which means to me the way that's put that implies that she inherited it, it she her, her for lack of a better word, her parents would have been the the previous rulers. Yeah, um, we know that the Highborn Empire that she ruled she ruled it herself for a couple thousand years, uh, and it existed for a couple thousand years before that, and that it basically carved its it carved itself out of the old uh, Troll Empires. It tore up the both the Amani and the Gurubashi. It just ripped away like most of the world from them. And then for an encore, it gobbled up what the Zandalar had left. Uh, the same thing with the Drakar. Basically, all these troll kingdoms that managed to survive, survived because they were far enough away from the Well of Eternity that the Night Elves didn't care about them. So Zoldrak, eh, it's really far north and it's not that close to the Well. We don't care. Uh, you know, that's pretty much the way the trolls... Trolls don't like to admit it, but they got spanked. Mm-hmm. So... Her her direct parents probably would have been whoever was king or queen at the time, and whoever their mate was, maybe the consort. I don't know. Uh, that's but that's the kind of thing we don't really know. We don't know exactly. Do you think
2: there was some kind of intervention involved, like with Illidan, where there was something going on, destiny, light, what have you?
0: Honestly, one of the things I've always wondered is, what if she was chosen by mm-hmm. a ah, loon? she's. I and... was going to
1: say she was doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing,
0: and. Then, like Alun, basically had to pick someone else, or you know, do you know what I mean? Like, because she didn't really Zinashari. You know what Zinashari's real name was? Aluniara. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: They renamed it it in her image
0: because they loved her that much. They were. She was essentially trying to replace Alun.
1: But what if? What if this is all part of that great plan of the light? Like, what if this was set in motion? purposely because remember remember the biggest problem that we had is you can't kill an old god
2: right right
1: or at least so we think but what if this is all part of the plan of the light to set it up so that it can rid the universe of old gods it can rid the universe of those infections what if this is all part of that and she's doing exactly what she needs to do or what she's destined to do we don't know like not everybody's destiny is 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 a good thing right? Like at least the way that it is explained here. And we know that sure people can uh, buck that responsibility like Illidan did to a certain degree. But what if this is a more subtle play? What if, what if everything she's doing, everything she's done, the, the vanity, the renaming of everything, making her the most beloved uh, ruler that they had ever had the most beloved highborn. What if that was all part of the, the greater plan, a longer plan, a several thousand year long plan, to purge Azra.
0: Well, for that matter, I mean, you know, Illidan may have bucked his destiny, but I mean, he actually fulfilled it. He did. He did everything that they wanted him to do. He didn't just because Zira thought that that's what he should do. Doesn't mean she was necessarily plugged into the plan. To so the big him. plan.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: You know, who knows?
2: I don't know. But all I know is that I would pay really good money for an Ashara origin story novel So, you know, Blizzard, if you're listening, maybe look into doing that. That'd be great. Anyway, that wraps us up for the show. Thank you guys, as always, for listening, and we will see you again in two weeks. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.